Hey, early adopters and super VIPs. If you have not done so yet, please help us out by pounding that subscribe button and rating and reviewing us on Apple iTunes. We've got so many new and awesome interviews coming up that you won't want to miss. And we want to make sure that this podcast grows and gets even more awesome guests. Welcome to Buy and Build, the podcast about buying a business and building in public. Uncover the wins and losses as we renovate our business together. Come along for the ride. Now, here are your hosts of Buy and Build, Nicholas Scalp and Daryl Lim. Yo, what's going on? It's your boy here, Daryl, with Buy and Build Podcast here with Nicholas Skelf. We're here with our first ever episode of a returning guest. That's right. He's very special. One of our crowd favorites, it's Ben Levy, a.k.a. the FanDuel guy, a.k.a. Sean Peary's business partner, a.k.a. the do-all-things guy and number one dad. Sorry up, for all man? those dads out there. <laughs> How's what's it going, up, Ben? Dude? Good man, I gotta correct you. It's Ben Levy. One one guy that uh is a big that friends with Sean calls him Shan, and he never corrected him. So I'm like, anytime someone says Levy, I gotta jump right in. Okay, Ben Levy. But but yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. Pumped to be back. Excited to be here with you guys. Awesome. It's been about four months since we last talked to you. So first of all, we want to know how dad life is going now. It's been four months. Updates on your baby, and are you getting any sleep now? Yeah, man, the sleep is a lot better now. Biggest update is my baby talked for the first time three days ago. So his name's Timothy, said his first words at seven months, which I think is five to six months ahead of time based on normal babies. So maybe, maybe next time, maybe in like a month, I'll start coding and we'll be on, we'll be on the races. (laughs) He's got, he's got early founder inside of him. So yeah, he started talking, but my sleep's quite a bit better. Yeah, man. Now I'm just trying to get back in the swing of things and working out more with, on that Peloton behind me. <laughs> We're going to have your, your kid on the pod next time. Yeah, man, we should. Hey, <laughs> the other thing I was going to ask is I always wondered, like, is Nick go by Nicholas or Nick? Nicholas sounds so proper. Yeah, it's, it's Nick unless I don't like you. <laughs> Got it. So you must not like Daryl since he calls you Nicholas. <laughs> Daryl's just proper. <laughs> I, I think I've spelled Nick's name so many different ways. Nicholas or Nick with one C, Nick with a CK. I don't even know what he likes. Honestly, Never. all my friends call me Scalf. It's just by the last name. <laughs> like there we go. Yeah, well, for this podcast, you can call me Benjamin then, you know, if we want to be on the proper turn, you know, really perfect, really proper. <laughs> Benjamin Button. All right, cool. I know last time we talked, we you mentioned you stopped playing fantasy football. Did you actually stop playing fantasy football now that the the football season's going on, or did you keep playing? Also, uh, I noticed that the Cardinals are doing really well. So, congrats on that. Yeah, thanks, man. It's only been one game. I like my. It's only been one game, and I did play fantasy football again. I, like I, but I tried to remove my. Like I've I've been really intense about it in the past. So this year. I'm trying to not be so intense, but I am playing in a fantasy football league. And I, I did play a bunch of daily fantasy last week, but it's still fun. But I, I'm trying to make it I'm trying to make it less intense for myself. So I got out of my big league. But yeah, I'm, I'm stepping back, but I'm still in it. What about nice. you? Are you how many leagues are you in? Right I'm in two right now. I played d- daily fantasy last week and I'm in a pick league. 
So a little bit too many, but it's football season. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's fun, like in week one and then like come week six, I'll probably be like, fuck, this is like, like, it's hard to manage. It's not like, you got to be really on top of it. Come week six. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Especially when, when someone gets injured and you go hit the free roster and you're like, okay, I don't actually know any of these people anymore. Like, oh no, <laughs> like you just screwed whenever that yeah. happens. This, this was one of the first years where like I was in the draft and I was like, yeah, I don't know who any of these guys are. Like, you know, it's like round nine. I'm like, who the hell is like Elijah Mitchell? You know, normally I <laughs> normally I'd be the one sniping those guys. And this yeah. year I, I didn't know who any of them were. So I, I take that as progress. <laughs> uh, we we also talked a bit about NFTs before, and I've I've heard a ton from you about NFTs, and that market is just going insane. Where where are you at with NFTs? And can you kind of explain yeah. the 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 black cards with the words on it? Like I I don't really get it. The loot. Yeah, ones. yeah. I mean, so I I don't remember what I said last time, but I ha- I was investing in NFTs like in February and March. I think I did okay. And then I just started getting back into it, randomly minting things when I saw them and holding them. And I happened to mint a loot, which I'm assuming is what you're referring to. I think Sean talked about it on the MFM pod or on Twitter somewhere that I that I did it. I just happened to be sitting here, right time, right moment, probably actually about three weeks to the exact time. I was sitting here on my computer, saw it on Twitter, minted it. Uh, and then I sold it for like $150,000, like a week later. <laughs> so I'm, I'm $150,000 richer, actually more like $75,000 richer after you factor in a 50% tax bill. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I got it. It's a, it was a cool idea. Like basically the concept was, it was like open, like open source. It was basically this idea that in a lot of video games and like Dungeons and Dragons, everyone has attributes. So it's like a bag of things that a warrior would have. And then it was like community where the community of developers could build on top of it. And like, if you owned the initial layer, like there was some perceived value because they're going to build things. And someone did build, like people were building some games or they said they were building some games and people were dropping tokens tied to it. So it was a crazy ride. Like it was a, it's a very lucky thing. I think it was just right time, right place. But I do believe a lot in NFTs and I do think there will be a lot more winners, maybe not to that level from like, you know, I like 300 X in seven days, but I still think there's a lot to come and lots of speculation to be done. So first of all, is that how you got your new Peloton or is that an old Peloton? <laughs> and second question is for newbies like me, what, what do I need to do to get involved? Obviously I know it's not going to be to the extent of that 150 K, which is amazing. But like, let's say I'm trying to do a multiple of like three or four, like, what am I doing here with NFTs? Yeah. That, that, uh, that Peloton is old, but I did. The only thing I bought is I bought like some nice headphones off, off a uh, Kickstart. Like I spent like $500 on a pair of Kickstart on a pair of headphones from Kickstarter. And then I didn't check when they were going to be delivered and they're like a year out. So I'll probably never even get those headphones or for like the, <laughs> Those are like you the gifts I get. Those are like the gift I got myself. And and yeah, I mean, I, I think like that there's two things. It's one like Twitter. Like I think there's tons of value to be had on Twitter, which I think I've talked about before, or I think I talked about that last time, or I've talked about it in other places. Like I think following the right people on Twitter is just always going to be incredible, whether that be NFTs or business or meeting people, but also discords. Like there's a lot of Discord communities you can join. 
uh, that if you're like active, like there's one I'm in called Recess, where basically you just have to buy a few tokens, then you're in this community and they share a lot of things with each other. And then I'm in like two discords like that. And I think there's like, I'll send it to you if you want to join, but like, those are the things there where I'm active. Uh, and then I think just a mindset shift of being like, before I would try to justify it and I'd be like, shit, why am I going to spend like $800 on this like digital toad? And then I shifted my mindset to be like, actually, I'm totally cool investing $10,000 and I'm not going to think about it ever. I'm just going to like do it. Like if my gut set, like, I'm not going to sit here and second guess why I'm doing it because there's nothing that supports it's a good idea. You know, so just like, I'm cool losing this $10,000, but I'm going to, but I'm going to not second guess here. So like, and then also when you start thinking of things in terms of ETH, it becomes way easier to do that. Like, you know, if you're like, oh, it's 0.1 ETH in your head, psychologically, you'll be like, that's not bad. Like, okay, I'm willing to do that. But then if you look at the, if it's like 400 US dollars, you'll be like, what the fuck? Like I just spent $400 on this thing. So I've, I've started doing this with, I was doing the Solana art stuff, right? And the Solana art, like I, I started going, I went for the degenerate ape thing. And that one kind of blew up on like Solana's whole NFT ecosystem. Yeah. And I, the one I was looking at was like 20 soul or something like that. And I was like, do I want to do that? I don't know. And the next day it was like 65 and I was like, shit, I just have to act the next time I'm like this. And I, I mean, that led to me spending six hours trying to get the the minting process for a badger to work over like you know, my entire Friday was trying to mint a badger and the site kept crashing. Yeah. It was just, it's such a crazy train wreck. But I, I guess my question is, do you just jump on them when you see it? Or do you have like a whole planning process and like vetting? There's no, there's no planning process and there's no vetting. It's basically like, oh, you see it. I don't think like there's no, because there's no logic I'm going to do. Like, I'm not like an NFT trader. Like, yeah, maybe there are some people doing that. I'm just sitting here and it's like, if I see it and I happen to be free, uh, like there's a bunch of the times when you're like not at your computer and you can't do it, but you just, I just do it, you know, and that's, that's worked out well for me. But I, I think, again, you have to go into it thinking you're going to lose everything. And like, yeah. just like, what's the amount of money where you're totally cool with it. But I do think like, we're still really early and before I had that win, I would have said, damn, I'm like way too late to get this. Like, I don't think that's true at all. I think like we're still very, very early in the NFT game. And like, I think being active is worthwhile. It, like, I just think it's fun to speculate. It's just the same as all these other things, right? It's like people speculating on GameStop, people speculating on sports cards, on Pokemon cards. It's all the same thing. This is just like way more liquid than most of those things, which I find fun. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's really interesting. I think it's fun. I am not meant to be a day trader though. When I had that loot, like I was probably refreshing the, the page, like every 10 minutes, checking the floor. My wife was like, what are you doing? Like, this is so much money and you're like holding it. Fortunately, I held it long or else, you know, but it's fun. Like I, I would recommend you do it. And if you guys want to join this discord, shoot me a, a message afterwards. I, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. I'll shoot you a message. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm down too, for sure. <laughs> Speaking of money, what kind of projects are you working on right now? Is it, uh, I know the last time you were talking, we were doing with Sean Perry, you were doing the power writing course. So like, what are you guys working on right now? Yeah, I mean, so we did two cohorts of the power writing course. It went really well. I think we just did this. We just did the second one in like August. It went really well. And really what, we're, what we've been focused on pretty heavily is 
this e-commerce store. I think Sean talked about it on the pod. Basically, we have a stealth e-commerce store that's scaling pretty fast. And I would say like most of what we spend our time on is figuring out how do we grow that. And then on the non-monetary side, it's figuring out like how do you how do we truly scale Sean as a brand? Like how do we grow his audience? You know, like he's growing pretty I would say he's growing well, but there's certainly room for him to grow faster, whether that be with content or different experiments that go viral. Like we just launched an experiment earlier this week that was buy an NFT for five minutes of airtime on the MFM pod. So like the idea with those experiments is not to make money. It's to like do interesting things that go viral, kind of like the Mr. Beast model. But instead of Mr. Beast, where he gives away a shit ton of money every time, you know, just do interesting things that have exciting stories. So with the project that you're doing right now, the D2C, one, are you allowed to tell us what you're working on? I guess stealth means you can't. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, two, I mean, how are you guys building that up? Yeah, I would say most of it, all I could say is it's like a D2C brand on Shopify. You know, I would say most of it is just Facebook ads. Like a lot of the growth is coming in, you know, scaling Facebook ads, which I think there's lots of, I think there's lots of learnings that we had and being persistent over time. We've been working on that for a while and kind of the same problem. Uh, and I think like everyone goes through that journey. Like I'm sure with your projects, you've seen that too, right? It's like Facebook ads work and they don't work. And they, it's just like a consistent battle to get Facebook to work and to scale. Is that what you've seen too? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've been trying to open my spectrum of marketing to be a little bit bigger than just regular Facebook ads because Facebook ads work, but then you start trying out like TikTok ads and then you start looking at the SEO, like, should I be doing SEO? Because we've been talking to a whole bunch of guests where they're like, yeah, it's a long-term thing. So you can bridge the gap with Facebook ads and all these ads that you can like get people in front of right away, but you should tr be trying to build up your SEO over time. So then you don't have to rely on those ads. Yeah. And I think like, I think I kind of agree with that. Like, I think one, the other one, one piece of like two, two other things I've learned is like, everyone you talk to about Facebook has a different opinion, which like yeah. every, like there's like, which means there's like a hundred different ways to win on Facebook. And then two, like, if you can just get Facebook to scale, nothing else really matters. Right. It's like, if, if it's like for your museum, if you can just, if you can get it to scale infinitely, like not SEO doesn't matter, at least in the short term. Right. Like it still might be a good thing to do, but if you can just get Facebook to work and spit off, you know, $2 for every dollar you spend, like that's just a machine. So I think like that's what we're trying to do. I, I think we've done a, a good job of it so far, but certainly tons of room to run uh, from here, as you'd expect. And I'm, I think that's true of everyone with Facebook. But I also believe like in this idea that TikTok could be a massive channel. And like if you have something that's perfect for TikTok, like you probably do in the museum, like TikTok might be worth investing a ton of time in because, you know, an early channel means lower CPMs probably and more efficiency. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I would say that is because we've been at it for probably like 14, 15 months now. And you start seeing where it says creative fatigue, you know, so you kind of know we have to change it up. People, the frequency goes up as well. I think the frequency for the ads, if you're at five to eight, it's like too high. So if you're still not at that point, and plus you guys are probably on a North American or US scale. That's yeah. huge. There's I mean, so many yeah. people. I mean, you're, we're in a because, small market. Yeah, because you're local. Like, I think your pool goes down way way faster, right? It's like you might only have a potential audience of a million people. I don't know what your potential audience is, but something like that, right? Yeah, 
for sure. So that, that makes a huge difference. That's where we have to kind of cross pollinate yeah. and figure out, Hey, what else can we do here? Yeah. And I think when you're like local business, you look at things like Yelp, probably like, how do you get on TripAdvisor? How do you get on Yelp places like that? Not just Facebook, like the beauty of Shopify stories and like shipping everywhere is Facebook can scale infinitely. I, I would agree. I don't think Facebook can scale infinitely for a local, like a local thing. So one final question about this D2C project that you're working on, you guys were probably doing research and trying to figure out like, Hey, what's the best thing that we should be focused on? Can you kind of walk us through that process of like yeah. how you figure that out? Yeah. I mean, do you think, are you talking about focus for how to grow it or focus on what pro what the product should be or both? Yeah. I mean, probably both, but like more, what I'm asking is how did you come to terms with the product that you wanted to move forward with? Yeah, I mean, I think there's like two ways to one one way is to be an innovator and say, I think this product should exist in the market and doesn't exist today. I think mm -hmm. more of what we did is more of what we, you know, more of what what this business was founded on was really based on the idea of like what are people already buying and like can you build a better version of that? So like an example of that would be like, okay, I'm buying a mic. Like I know that there's a market that's already buying microphones. How do, can I build a better microphone and can I like come at it with a different value prop? So I think like, that's the way we thought about it is like, what are we already, what, like, what's the right category where people are spending a lot of money and then what products do they buy? And like, I think they're like, I think if you did that exercise, you'd find a lot of things. Like if you said, okay, I'm an entrepreneur, what are all the things I buy? I would be like, okay, I buy, I buy business insurance. I buy, I buy subscriptions to these types of media companies. I buy these nice headphones. I buy, I don't know, maybe it's like a subscription to Uber or something. I don't know. But like, I think like if you start mapping it out that way, you like, I think the easiest way to win in e-com is to find what people are already buying and come at it with a better product or a different value prop or better creative or better pricing if you can versus like, I'm going to build some new product from scratch that doesn't exist. And I'm going to like try to create demand. Mm. And that's, yeah. that's kind of what, what all the e-com is, you know, that's why people are like, that's probably why you guys are kind of stealth about it because people just like, you know, see something and then clone it and compete it down to, you know, the bare minimum price. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that is a big reason why, like, I think, but I still think there's tons of opportunities. Like there's tons of products where you should be like, I don't understand why this microphone costs so much money. Like, I don't know the mic you have, Daryl, I don't think you have one, Nick, but like, you know, maybe that was a $300 mic. Professional you, right here. What are you, you talking about? <laughs> you know, so, I, so I'm always like, you know, I think like some of these things are really underpriced or, or really overpriced or like this light I bought right here, right? Like it's a cool idea. It's like a nice light. Yeah. So I think, I think there's tons of room for e-commerce products still. Yeah. I mean, what you're saying is true. Like this is very common practice as well. You know, go look at the products, go see what's selling, go find out the problems, go resolve that problem and build yourself a little moat where, you know, you're the difference maker. But yeah. I, where I learned that from was Amazon and you're ranking differently. You're using Facebook ads and creating your own store, which is actually the right route to go because you're building a brand and you're not allowing Amazon to pretty much dominate your product. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's the same idea though, right? It's like in Amazon, you're just looking at Jungle Scout and you're just saying, oh, like everyone is searching for apple cider vinegar gummies and there's like an arbitrage here because there's not enough people making it. It's the same idea. You're, you know, you just don't have as clean of data. But one of my friends did start this thing called D2CSpy.com and like that, like his whole idea is kind of like to build Jungle Scout for Shopify. 
So you can nice. identify like stories that are growing fast. But I also believe like the best things to build are the things where you understand the problem yourself. Uh, you know, where you understand the problem and you see the niche that exists like on Amazon. But on Amazon, I think it's a race to the bottom. Like I think Shopify is a little more defensible, yeah. not a ton more, but Amazon is literally just a straight race to the bottom. Yeah, it is. And for anyone out there who's listening, who wants to know what my former Amazon product was, it was a resistant hip band made out of fabric. And my difference maker was putting in a pack of two. <laughs> how, how, how far did you scale? I got to about $4,500 a month US. So I'm in Canada here and I'm selling in the US, which wasn't bad. And I was probably going to get to profitability if I wanted to invest more in inventory, but I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm done with this. I don't want to do with Amazon anymore. Maybe I should have put it and it was under Gainesville too. So it was under my t-shirt brand, but no, I just gave up and moved on. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I think Amazon, I think you can scale on Amazon, but I think like, you know, Amazon because of things like jungle scout, it's really competitive. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think the next thing I'd do is probably D2C on like Shopify probably makes more sense. Yeah, I, th I think so. I think just cause you own the customer, right. And it's like easier it's like easier to get the customer to come back, assuming your product is good. Yeah. You, you guys have haven't looked. Risks. Sorry, good. Go ahead, Nick. I, I was going to say, you also have all the risks that you have when you're like an SEO play on Google. Like you change the algorithm. Okay. I'm not number one. I'm number 14 now. Like, you know, Amazon goes and releases the exact same product, like Amazon essentials. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm competing with Amazon, not, you know, working. I mean, I mean Shopify is big risk or any most stores on Shopify is going to be Facebook ads being like unsustainable. Mm -hmm. Like I think 90% of the people that I know that run stores are literally just running Facebook ads. And so like, I think every year it gets harder to make that work. If you can get into micro influencing on TikTok, try it, just reach out if it's the right fit for your brand. I think it can do really well. Cause I've tried it for like the gallery and the museum and also running the ads myself, I've gotten pretty good return out of it. I like it. Yeah, we will try that. But yeah, man, I, I think like, you know, D2C, like that, like one of my big ideas in my head is like similar to similar to the way that FBA brands got rolled up, which I'm sure you've seen with companies like Thrasio, where they buy like 50 yeah. brands and they roll it up for a huge multiple and they go public at billions of dollars. I think the next version of that, like that's a big opportunity that I think 20 great entrepreneurs will probably do is copy that model and do it for Shopify brands, like basically buy 50, buy 50 Shopify stores off things like micro acquire, roll them up, roll them up to a hundred million dollars of revenue, and then try to go public at like a billion dollar valuation. Like, I think we'll see more of that. And that guy, Keith Raboy is already working on it. Like that's what his new startup is. So yeah. definitely people are already starting to do it. He, he's the first though. I was yeah. thinking you and Sean would be the guys to do that. You'd let yeah, out of the know, bag maybe, and announced I mean, it. I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe down the line. I think, I think it's a, I think it's a cool idea. I think it's just like, you know, you become a, you, be, you mostly become an operations company then because you're like yeah. trying to fulfill 15 brands simultaneously. Yeah. I, I think the real way to do that play is to also do the, the popular SEO plays for it. So if you're selling vacuums, you need to be like one of the top three sites that comes up with like, what vacuum do I buy? Right. And then you just go like, I vacuum up all the Shopify vacuum stores and you can just like point traffic to your own sites there. And like you go, you go organic lead forward and yeah, buy think, shops based off that. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think too, the other way that I think you could think about this is to say, we're going to go, we're going to, if you're going to build this, you would say, okay, I'm going to go after, uh, 
you know, af- like athletes that are 30 year old males and you're going to go like acquire a bunch of things that they all buy. So you can cross sell. Mm-hmm. So you'd be like, Oh, Ben buys this protein powder and he buys these shoes and he buys these shorts and you kind of like cross sell amongst that audience mm-hmm. and form like some version of a whole co. That's not what Thrasio really does. I think Thrasio is really more just like a financial arbitrage where they say, you know, we're willing to pay 3x EBITDA. I don't know if that's exactly what they pay. And like, we're going to value that at some higher multiple. I think it's more of just like a financial arbitrage, not like everything is meant for this specific customer. No, you're right. I actually know a guy who uh, sold his business for about 10 million. So is that, is that, uh, is that Tom Wang? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He, He has that FBA course, right? Yeah. We'll talk about that offline though. Nice. <laughs> no free shout outs on the show. Nice. I thought she froze. Um, yeah. So, so last episode we started going down this road a little bit of like, you know, what, what ideas did you have that you would like, like to build or like to see someone build? Do you have like a couple things top of mind where you're like, this should be made or I want to go make this? Yeah. I mean, so the one that I just gave you one, which is basically like, I think someone should roll up Shopify brands. Like, I think, you know, maybe we should do it or we could do it. I think someone should do that. I think it makes a ton of sense. The other one that just came to mind today is sharing wallets for NFTs. Like, so I think one of the use cases is like today, like today, I guess I like, let's say Sean and I are like, let's say the, the three of us decided we want to share a wallet for NFTs and we're like, Hey, anyone can buy it. We're just going to trust who, all three of them. And we're each going to put an ETH in, right? Like that process is kind of weird. We would all give each other the password, but there's a bunch of like intricacies there of like, okay, how do you distribute the funds? Is it like a DAO? Like, how does that work from a tax purpose? Like, when do we decide to sell? Are we going to vote? All these types of things. And I think there's a world like, can we, you know, can I take out a loan if we somehow mint like a project that's worth a million dollars or buy? So I think there's like a specific product around how do you build like a shared wallet with someone specifically for buying NFTs or buying crypto or buying like, or like investing in DeFi products? Like, what would that look like? So like, I think like, you know, there's certainly a way to do it today with like a DAO and then sharing a MetaMask, but it, like what, like what would that UX feel like? Would it be like, you know, you get a notification when something is bought, you get a notification when something goes up in value, like there's a voting thing, like, what would be the most fun version of that? I don't know if you guys have any takes on that. But I've noticed a few friends that have a bunch of shared wallets, and everyone kind of has the same opinion, like, yeah, I hold the wallet. And like, it's hard for them to for someone else to see it. It's hard for them to understand the value. Uh, And like a lot of my friends, do this with celebrities, like one guy I'm friends with, like shares a wallet with LaMelo Ball, and they bought like three apes together. And he's like, dude, I would love to pull like, you know, it would be great if I could pull out these apes because they're worth like $500,000, but that's nothing to LaMelo Ball. So I'm kind of fucked. Like I have to wait, you know? So I, I don't know. I think there's just an interesting use case around like how would like what a product would look like that's like a shared wallet for friends to like basically contribute in a very easy way for non like people that are going to join a DAO and like go through that process. I think yeah. that's a great idea. Uh, sorry, not to jump in here real quick, but I invested into an app called Launch Trip, and it's the same concept. But 
you would think like, oh, everyone's doing a travel app where you go to get the hotel, you go and like do an air flight or whatever. But the way it works right now is like, let's say us three are going on a trip. We're going to say, all right, I go out and buy all these tickets and, and then you guys give me the money back so we can split it. But this app actually splits it into three ways. So we're each paying individually on the app itself. We have our own itinerary, own costs and own credit card. So it's our own account. Everything is separate. So I think in this way, it's kind of separate for your NFT, but it's doing everything digitally online and you get a portion of that. It's like a fractional part of the NFT, right? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know exactly how you would do it. Like, you know, I don't know if you would do it that way or not, but yeah, I think that's the idea, right? It's like, you know, would you like have to tokenize every NFT? I don't know. It feels confusing to even do that. It's like, if we like bought this water bottle together or you guys bought a business together, right? It's like, that's not a good example. If we bought like a sports card together, what would we do? I guess the, the core concept is like, if you're going to invest with friends and you're going to both pool in the money, which I think can be broader than crypto. It could be like, if we're going to all split a Kevin Durant card, what does that look like? Are you going to like tokenize the Kevin Durant card? I don't know, I guess, but it seems confusing as shit to do that. You know, like, I, I think, I think there's like a bunch of, I, I think like this is an, it's just an interesting problem that I noticed recently. So there, there is some degree of this that exists. There's a site called fractional.art. And it's basically what you're saying with NFTs for being able to split it up, like the ownership there. They have a CryptoPunk up for sale that's like valued at 810 grand, but you can buy 15.6% of it right now. Hmm. So they, they have that part of it, but it's not really like group buying and selling, not group ownership. You know, it's not like you're, you're putting money into like a, like a VC fund or anything like that. Like you're not a limited partner or a manager. Like, it's just buying parts of crypto. So you can, you know, if you, if someone wants to build this, you can kind of get around that by buying fractions of fractionalized NFTs and splitting it up that way. You don't have to build the entire stack from zero to one. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool idea. The next one I got for you guys is uh, you know, is related to, to something that I, so basically I had a baby as we talked about. And one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot is like finding like capturing these big moments in the, in my baby's, in my son's life. Like, it, it's really like, you know, it feels like it would be really easy. You just take your phone out. But a lot of the times it's like, oh, what video camera should I buy? And like, if you search like video camera for new parents, it's hard to find anything, you know, like video, I guess nobody searches for video cameras anymore. I bought like a GoPro and like terrible, like I couldn't use it. I didn't think it was good. So like, I think there's like a whole category of products to be built around memories. And it's like, oh, like one of the ideas I had, like, you know, we recorded him talking for the first time. I was like, there should be a place where I can like send that vault and like have it somewhere. And maybe the answer is like Dropbox. But I think there is like a, a unique product to be built around. What do you do with memories that are happening live? Like, where could I send that? Like, obviously I want to save that. Does it just live on my phone? Is there like a product that could be built there? Is something I thought about recently. So what if you could... Send it to like, yeah, like a Dropbox sort of thing, but you create your own software goes into there. And then each memory that occurs in say a baby's life or a child's life, eventually it every year annually, it'll create like a memory box. It'll be like, Hey, this is your slideshow and you can buy products out of it. Like a, I don't know, digital picture frame that has all these things of your memories in the first year of your child. 
Yeah, that's a cool idea. I like that idea a lot. I just I just don't love like right now. I'm like, worried, you know, it's like all I have is this video on my phone. And I obviously want to keep that video. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't love like the idea that I'm to do that. I'm going to have to pay Dropbox $20 a month forever. You know, so like I want to figure like I think that's a cool like space to think about is like, what would you do to keep these memories? And I know there's products where you can like inter- that like do this where you like interview your mom or something. And they like send you a podcast recording. I think this is a different use case, which is like actual videos or photos you want to save. What do you do with them? You want to share them with your parent, with your family, things like that was an idea I came up with recently. And the, the, another one I had, I'll give you guys another one was I kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know what I would like agents for normal life. So like one of my things is like, you know, this is kind of a VA, but kind of not. But like, if you had a VA, like if you built a company around VAs that handle very specific things for you uh, that are all like slightly uncomfortable. So like an example of this would, so like I, so I'm supposed to have, so I am married, but we're like, we were going to do a wedding celebration, like kind of post COVID next month. And we just had to cancel due to co- due to like COVID complications. And like, I have to like call the wedding venue and cancel like in the next five days. And I'm like, fuck, I really don't want to do that. Like, it's not a fun conversation. I was like, I would gladly pay someone to act like me. They don't know my voice to just like say these talking points and do this for me uh, and tell me what they say. Like, I don't want to do it. I'm like, that, that's kind of an interesting concept because I think we all have those things, whether it be like negotiating with your landlord or negotiating with a wedding venue or calling an airline when they like fuck up your flight, things like that. And I think it's like kind of an interesting idea where I would pay kind of in these higher leverage situations. That's what salespeople are made for. Just tell me how much you're going to send me and I'll help you out. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, so I think it's kind of like an interesting, and like if you were like removed from it, like if I was making that call for someone else and there's like no emotions, like it'd be fun. It'd be easier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Fair enough. I think there's, there's also a bunch of stuff where it's like, I, I don't know about you guys, like I, I bought a jacket the other day. It doesn't fit well. It was like 130 bucks. And I like, I haven't returned it because I don't want to go walk the mile to the post office to return it, right? There's like all sorts of things. Like I, I have no idea how many, like how long I've had subscriptions to stuff I've never used, you know, just once every six months, it's like doing your taxes. I have to sit down and like do house cleaning. I feel like there's a bunch of stuff in life that's like, if it's not just that directly, it's like, things that are close enough to that where you can get immediate like tangible returns of like you know there's all these 40 things you don't need anymore why are you doing this like oh because it's a pain but okay well here's you know an extra 200 dollars a year or like or a month back from not just wasting stuff it's yeah. the, the specialized vas yeah yeah and I, and I think like you know if you took the main street model which is like that business that basically uncovers taxes mm-hmm. like tax savings for you and you said this is free you know, I don't know if it works perfectly here, but like their model is smart because it says, you know, we only take a percentage of what we get you back. So like, it feels like one money rather than like, I'm paying $5,000 for this. It's like, oh, I'm happy to pay $5,000 if they get me 40, which is like another business that I think is an interesting one that like another idea would be like, I don't want to build this for sure. Like, it's not that, but like, I think an interesting opportunity is to say Main Street, what Main Street has done is they basically built the tech version of finding R&D tax credits. I think like there's other, there's probably other different buyers where you can find tax credits. Like maybe it's restaurant, maybe there's like special tax credits for restaurant owners or like small business owners. And you could just go after that market really easily 
and run the same model, same playbook, but instead of going after like tech, tech business owners, working on R&D tax credits, like finding other tax credits and doing the same exact thing. They have a thing sort of like that for Amazon, where it's like, if you have fees attached to Amazon and you didn't, you shouldn't be getting those fees, they'll actually give you money back for it. They'll find ways to get you money back from the fees that you're being charged. So obviously for someone who was a small seller like myself, it wasn't dramatic. It was maybe like five to $10 once every two months. But for someone who's selling thousands or millions on Amazon, they'd be making a lot of money back from fees that they didn't know they weren't supposed to be charged. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think that model works really well because you're like, yeah, I'm happy to pay you. It's found money. It yeah. just kind of changes the way you think about it. What What about you guys? What's like your biggest idea in the moment? Daryl, you want to go first? Well, I've been on trends trying to look at a few different projects that might be interesting. I know me and Nick have talked about a few different SaaS things, and I know he's working on his crypto newsletter right now. One thing that I thought was kind of interesting was that uh, DIY bubble tea kit. I was like, oh, that's weird. They, they what? They raised $1 million and it's $2 million in revenue over a year, which is absurd. And what does it cost to make one of those things? You know, not probably not a lot. So I don't know. Yeah, that, that's a good, that's a cool idea. Yeah, basically like a boba kit for at home. And that's the idea. Yeah. Yep. For So like, you you get do you ever drink yeah i have before not like incredibly often but probably like twice two to three times a year yeah so it's like seven eight bucks per a bubble tea and for a fraction of the cost maybe what you get 10 of them you can make them at home and you could do it with your friends or whatever for 40 bucks and yeah you just get like a whole bunch of bubble teas and there's so many different things that you can do with it, not to throw that idea and get someone to steal it if I'm doing it, but like you could turn it into alcohol bubble tea or protein bubble tea or something, you know? Yeah, that's a cool, that's a cool idea. And are, like, are you working on it now or just starting like very early stages of thinking about it? Let's just say I try to use someone on trends to help me build the website <laughs> at a very <laughs> fractional cost because she's building your portfolio. <laughs> nice active. It sounds like you're a very active trends member. I am. I'm trying to actually, if any trans member is listening right now, tell them that Daryl should be one of the leaders in the community. I did apply. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. So I, I've got one that I built and I haven't pursued after that. Um, so, you know, there's micro choir, which is really, really great if your company is doing well. Right. But there's this whole other side of stuff where there's all these people who go build a company and it doesn't succeed. And there's just, you know, it's just dead. That's the end of the line. You close down the company and you leave, but some people get acquired and getting acquired is awesome for the acquiring company because you get a team of people who are good at what they do and you know, they can deliver, right? You hire them based off the results that you've seen before. There's no good way to get acquired. It's basically just like, like your VC knows somebody else in their portfolio and <laughs> sends you over to them in the case in which your company is going under, right? If it's like a middling company or like, if you're doing well, like you can actually get acquired and it's like a good asset to buy. That's a different, but there's like the distressed asset class of like, okay, I guess we all go find a job now. So I made like get aqua hired but I haven't actually pursued it much yet. I keep going back and forth on it. It's, it's going to be, it's one of those things where I'm like, it's hard and it's mostly like cold outreach to big companies to get someone interested. And it, it just felt like I was running low on hours in the day. So if anyone wants to do that, like, you know, reach out to me and I will gladly like, 
you know, we can, we can figure that out. What, what's the domain? It should be get aquahired.com. Let's see if it's still up. Okay. Yeah. So it's not up right now. I, I turned off my bubble account. It was like a no code thing, but you know, the whole premise is like, I've had companies go under, like I've made startups and it like, they haven't worked. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess we go on to the next thing now. Yeah. The, um, the, other, the other idea there would be to say, there's a bunch of people that are willing to just give their project to someone that's excited about it and like want a yeah. little bit of upside. It's like, mm -hmm. instead of saying, how do we get you aqua hired, which is hard. Like it could just be like, Daryl like messed around with this hip band and he decided like he doesn't want to do it, but he's happy to give it to someone that's excited about it for 5% of ownership. You know, if he retains 5% yeah. of ownership, he's happy to give it, spend 20 hours explaining how to do it and give them, you know, and give them the inventory yeah. or like Nick, maybe you're like, maybe that's how you feel about get aqua hired. Like, yeah, I think exactly. that's it. That's kind of an interesting idea, which, and I heard someone else talk about that where they like reached out to people for the dead products on product hunt. Like it's kind of like an interesting idea. Like what's a side project you did that didn't really go anywhere, but you'd be happy to give it to someone if they wanted it, you know, for a, a small piece of, of, of upside. Yeah. Uh, someone's trash is someone's treasure. Yeah. I mean, I think, it, I think it's a cool idea. Like I, I, you know, like I'm sure there's things where you've seen them before where you're like, that's cool. I think that's interesting. Or like some people just like side projects and they don't have time. Right. It's like, maybe you just mm -hmm. mess around with something for a few days and then you change your mind. Yeah. And I will say the get acquired idea came from the guy who the CEO of Main Street, I can't remember his name now, Doug something. Yeah, he Doug tweeted Ludlow, out this. I think. Yeah, Ludlow. He put out a tweet that was like, hey, if you guys give me like a well vetted lead on an aqua hire, I will acquire this company and give you a hundred grand. And it like blew up. He had like hundreds of DMs of all did, these. Did you find like, one? Did you find one for him? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I was like, that's great. Like there's you know, clearly there's a need for it. And there are companies like, you know, Main Street who value it. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting, it's basically saying, look, people, they want to hire great people. One way to do yeah. it is to go, one way to do it is to hire individual people. The other way to do it is to go find teams and hire them in teams, which I think is an interesting approach that could work for sure. I like the taking over dead projects better, honestly. My dead project. <laughs> I, I, I think I think it's just easier to see because it's like less like I have to go convince some successful company to value six people at a certain amount. It's like this is just a side project. I spent five hours on it, and like like for example, one of my friends like made a loot derivative for the NBA, and like he never launched it. He never launched it. It's just sitting there, but like it's ready. Like someone could mint it right now, and like. He's like, yeah, if someone would, if someone wants to like try and market it, like, yeah, I'd be happy to give it to them. And like, I'll just take a small piece. I don't really mm -hmm. care. I'm sure there's like hundreds of those things that we've all done. Yeah. And actually on that topic, you know, I really want to interview the marketers who are doing these NFT projects. I want to talk to someone who's like behind, cause they're all like all the successful ones are organized in the same way. And they're all like ravenous fans. Yeah. I mean, I think they're all like, I mean, like, it's a weird crypto Twitter thing. It's like, if you get going in the crypto Twitter community, it just goes, you know, it's like a very kind of ancestral pool, I feel like. <laughs> nice. But, so I know we're coming close to the hour. I know you got to go pretty soon, Ben. This went by really fast. Awesome having a conversation with you. Last time we talked to you, we asked you, hey, what is some advice for someone who's trying to build up a business or buy a business, but we're going to change it up this time. 
So in your opinion, you're doing so many different things. You're doing NFTs, you're doing D2C, you're doing that info product. So what is the best way for someone to make money right now? Is it to build a business? If so, what, what type of business is it? Is it to invest in NFTs and cryptos or is it something else? I mean, sorry I to put think, you on the spot. <laughs> I think I think investing in NFTs and crypto is not a good idea if you want to make like I think you, you you know like I've been lucky to make some money short term, but I'm like if you believe in yourself and your ability to create value, it is not the best thing to do. Like I think it ends up being a distraction a lot of the time. The best thing to do is to build a business and like create value that isn't dependent on some market like NFTs that's completely speculative. Like I, I think. The best way to make money, in my opinion, is find something you really care about and build a business around it. Like find something where you like acutely understand the problem and it's an actual problem that you pay, like that either you pay for or you understand why people pay for it to be solved. Um, Yeah. So it'd be like in the case, like, let's say I really liked the idea about like saving my baby's memories. Like I really kind of understand that problem today because I'm trying to solve it. And like, maybe I was really passionate about that. I think like, that's the best way to build a business is like, you really understand the problem. You're really passionate about it. You really care. Uh, Cause it's going to be hard. Like, I think the other thing I've learned a lot is like, it, everything's hard. Like everything takes three times longer than you think to get there. It's never like a straight line. You have to be persistent. I'm sure nothing new. It sounds like a bunch of bullshit, but I think it is true. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what's your, what's both of your takes on that question? I can't, I can't just answer. You got to answer it too. My opinion is this. I agree. Building a business. I mean, this is probably the gallery was probably my fifth attempt at building a business. And it's the one that finally kind of hit it big, but all along, I've always had friends who say, Oh, I'm investing in this stock and this stock and this stock. And they're like, what stock are you investing in? I'm like, Oh, I'm taking that money and learning. How did you get better? How to get knowledge and how to do these things. And, you know, today they ask me questions like, how did you do that? How do I help grow my business? And I think it's just investing yourself because eventually all those skills can be turned into something else. Like if you know, advertising marketing, you could do your own freelance company or agency. You can make money doing that. So I I think the other one too, would be like, you know, the people you spend time with kind of are really a reflection of what you think is possible. You know, I think Mm -hmm. like, I think like if you're spending time with a bunch of people that you know, are mid-level at Facebook, like, are you going to be thinking about building things? Or if you're like spending all your time in discords of people trading speculative assets like NFTs, you know, you're not going to be thinking about building companies. So I think like being really selective about where and how you spend your time and who it's with, like directly impacts the decisions you make, like both subconsciously and consciously. Yeah. I, I think, you know, kind of what you said, the, the community aspect of it is so important. I, I think also like consciously going into deciding what skills you build early on, right? Like I learned how to trade stocks and like learned what, you know, shorting is. I learned all of the, the like stock things. I was like 23, 24, something like that. And, you know, I've been successfully trading stocks, like not crazy. It's not my full-time job, but it's like every year, you know, that money becomes more money. And my friends who are getting into it now, like aren't doing that. They're like in the beginning stages and I have like some compound growth going on. You know, obviously I, I think the best move is, you know, make a business like podcast is called buy and build, like, you know, go, go buy or build a business. Yeah. Um, I, I do think like buying crypto and stuff, like having skin in the game. So you actually like try to understand things does matter, but it's not like 
I'm not sitting here betting that I'm going to make millions of dollars trading mm-hmm. NFTs, even though I got lucky. It's more like if I put in $500, like I might actually spend the time to spend some time to try to understand why this is interesting. Like, I think the other thing I've learned is like when a lot, when someone you think is smart, find something interesting. I used to be like, eh, he's just dumb. But now I'm more of like, well, what does he see here that I don't see? You know, and like come to an actual opinion, like spend enough time to think about whether or not that's smart, why, why that's exciting to that person. You know, like you yeah. might be like, I don't understand why Ben is buying NFTs, but I think he's a smart guy. It's like, I'm going to try to understand that. And like, you still may come to the opinion that it's dumb and that's totally fine. But I'm just more become more of the mindset of like, try to figure out why and like come to my own opinion than just immediately saying like, why is Gary V loving sports cards? Like, you know, like instead of being like, I don't get it. Be like, what, what does he see here? Like, why, why are these things exciting? And then like, I think that just leads you down more interesting paths. Just naturally be curious and ask questions. Yeah, I I even, I even do the thing where it's like, Ben, if you like ping me tomorrow and you're like, you need to buy one of these NFTs, like this is the best thing ever. This one project is like, okay, cool. I'll just buy it. (laughs) Like, I just, I just jump in when I'm like, there's a threshold. I'm like, I can't go learn everything about every NFT. If you just ping me and went like, this thing's really cool. Yeah. Like, great. I'm going to go, I'm going to put a thousand dollars into and it. Like, and like, I am not, I'm not set, sitting here like researching why I should buy galaxy eggs. I'm more just saying like, <laughs> if, you know, like I want to understand the macro of why I should buy NFTs or why NFTs yeah. are interesting or like why sports cards are interesting. I don't need you to tell me, like, I'm not sitting here like analyzing a Kevin Durant rookie versus a, like, I don't know, Fernando Tatis rookie or something, but like, I am trying to understand what's the utility. Why are people, why are people bullish on this, et cetera? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just mean like when, when my smart friends say something, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like I, I'll use you as a shorthand. I'm in, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks guys for the time. This is fun. Might have to come back and make it a third appearance if uh, get as many DMS as last time. And as, as always, awesome. if you want to connect with Ben, you can reach him on Twitter, Ben N M Levy. Uh, yeah. Great. Although, although, the, although I need, uh, I the shittiest thing that happened this week is I'm only. I guess you can only follow five thousand people on Twitter if you have under five thousand followers. So I just got capped, and I was, I was furious. Like I have five, I have thirty three hundred followers, and I'm trying to follow more than five thousand people. So. You guys can get me to that 5,000 hump. I'd be forever grateful. <laughs> nice. We'll see what we can do here. So thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. Really enjoyed having you again. For all those super fans and early adopters listening to Buy and Build podcast, thank you again for joining us. And we'll see you in the next one. Love it. Thanks, guys. You can find more episodes and a link to the community of Buy and Build podcast at buybuildpod.com. Remember to like, rate, and share with your friends on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Join us again next week as we continue our journey. We'll see you in the next one.